Welcome to Zags on Air. I'm your host, Nassim Gutierrez, with co-host Bobby, Laser Levitin, and Julian Anchetta. Quick shout out to the Sports Management Club and follow us on Zags on Air on Instagram and Twitter at Z-A-G-S-O-N-A-I-R. Please stay for the end of the show to listen to the Gontega Sports recaps and previews. Thank you. Tonight we have the most accomplished tennis player in Gonzaga history, the first GU tennis player to win a national championship, former number one ranked player, ITA All-American, WCC Player of the Year, all WCC first team singles, all WCC first team doubles, WCC all academic team, and current assistant for the Gonzaga women's tennis team, as well as a WTA tennis professional, Sophie Whittle. Welcome on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, really quick, uh, I saw on your social media, uh, you recently got engaged. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank um, you. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about it and how it's going. And yeah. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. So I met my now fiance here at Gonzaga our freshman year. Actually, that same weekend that he proposed was the, I guess, technically the same weekend that we met. Um, and so it was really special. Like both of our families were up here. I had no clue. My family was here and, um, it was right in front of college hall where we had our first class together, but yeah, it was awesome. It was super special weekend and it's been going really well so far. Um, we haven't started any of the planning. I guess we're just enjoying the moment right now, but it's been really fun so far. That's awesome. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Naj just mentioned that you're a professional. Uh, that must be very, very cool. Uh, how, how do you sort of feel about how you like your performance to date and how you've done so far? Yeah, so it's been an interesting career once after graduating. Um, so I graduated and played probably about nine months on the tour and then went into what the whole world went into. Um, the, the world shut down with the COVID pandemic, but I still was training and doing all the tennis specific aspect of my life, I guess, and um, had about a 12 month preseason because it was brutal for players ranked in my region. We were not able to get into any events, so they kind of made it hard for us to to compete, but I was able to work on a lot in my game and I wouldn't have been able to do that if we never had the pandemic. Not saying I wanted the pandemic to happen, but I was able to improve a lot. Um, and then in February, my first event back, I tore a tendon in my foot. And so I had to pull out and I was out for about five months, had a bunch of hiccups along the way, but trained and recovered and did everything I need to do to get back and did did that for about a month and a half and then I was in Portugal probably two months ago which was amazing I'd never been out of the country before that well very cool. I guess I'd never been abroad um and it was amazing I'm actually part Portuguese so it was really cool to experience that country um where my ancestors were from but I tore a different tendon in my foot while oh, no. I was there. So I have been out of the game for a little while now, but the blessing in 
all of this is I've been able to be here at Gonzaga and I this was my home base for about a, a little over a year now and um, my my tour coach is also the head coach here uh, Natalie Plisco to Hamburg um, who's molded me into who I am on court and also off court but I've been able to work with her alongside Daniela Nasser, the new assistant, and it's been amazing just being the volunteer. And in the spring, this past spring, I was able to work with my former coach, DJ, and he's now the head of the men's team. And it's been amazing just being able to dedicate my time that I've had um, that normally wouldn't (laughs) be existent, but... I have that time right now to dedicate to the girls and the staff and just help them in any way I can. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so speaking about improvement, because you were bringing that out earlier. So usually every player has like their areas of strengths and improvement. Like, do you do you know what your areas of strengths are as well as what needs to be improved on? Yeah. So at this level, the the mental aspect is so important. Um, everybody on tour is very, they have all of the technique, they have the discipline and they mostly have all of the training that they, they can put themselves into, I guess. And so the mental aspect of it, it's not what a lot of people focus on throughout all of their career. And I think that's probably the biggest. So I've been pouring everything into that and just trying to um, learn more about myself and how how I react to certain situations on court and how I can be better on court and off court but the priority is obviously on court with this profession so I've been pouring a lot into that and I think that it has improved a lot there's always room for improvement but I think that during this time, I've been able to kind of work on that, especially. And then tennis specific um, on court, my strengths are definitely my fitness. Um, I rely on that a lot during my matches. I put in a lot of time off court. Um, I kind of pride myself in that because it makes me feel confident when I'm on court and that's really important to me to feeling comfortable and prepared. So obviously going through an injury, it's very difficult. I'm not allowed to do a lot of things. So I have to get creative. And Natalie's been an amazing help with that because she's gone through several foot injuries as well. She played on the tour um, once she graduated from Tennessee. And so she's been a very great guide in that sense so we've gotten very creative with different types of training to kind of make me feel confident i, I, I want to talk about this past weekend you guys the, i know you're your coach on the women's tennis team you guys had the gonzaga invitational uh, how was it sort of coaching the girls um do you coach like one player in particular or do you like sort of help out with the entire team sort of talk about what that was like yeah honestly it was amazing it's so weird being in a tournament setting with the team because it takes me back to when I was playing, but I just try to be there and be supportive of them. I try to create a really positive environment and I hope that they feel that. And as for being on one court in particular, I kind of just go where I'm needed. If they're 
the matches were kind of spread out um, throughout the day, which isn't super typical for a dual season. So we kind of went where we were needed. And um, some of the girls didn't really need the help because they were just cruising, but it's fun to be around them and just be supportive of them and just help them through the tough matches and keep them going during the the not so tough ones, but they did really well this weekend and I'm really proud of them. Uh, so based on your personal experience, what would you sort of say is the biggest difference between playing and coaching? I mean, obviously you're playing in one and coaching the other, but is there anything that's similar, maybe anything that's different? Yeah, I would say the biggest difference is when I look back on my career and just my experience with my teammates, sometimes like little issues seem so big in the moment while you're in it. And then now in the coaching role, I see little things happen. Obviously, within a team, you have either drama or just something comes up. And I look back at it now and I'm like, I hope I can convey to the girls that these issues are really not a big deal. And it takes more energy to let it impact you in the moment than it does to just let it go and just focus on what actually matters and the big picture in general. And so I that I would say that's the biggest difference. And I don't feel like I had anybody tell me that because nobody during my time here was a volunteer at another school or even at Gonzaga. So I didn't ever really have somebody tell me that specifically. So I'm just feeling that now once I'm out. Um, and then obviously it's I don't have the opportunity to put on the uniform and go play anymore. So. I just try to be there for them and help in any way. I had a quick question. You you're mentioning like uh, your transition from a player to a coach, um, and you mentioned a little briefly like now that you're a coach, you see things differently. You have a different perspective. What are some of those different perspectives that you now have as a coach? Yeah. So as a coach, you see the game way different when you're playing. Even with me playing on tour, I see the game very different in general, because I'm observing how the girls move on court, observing what they do in certain situations, how they've done really well in certain situations or how they could better themselves. I notice all of the time that girls put in on and off court, it makes a huge difference. And you can definitely notice that. And it's really awesome to see how much they care. And I when I was a student athlete, I noticed when my teammates would put in the time, but when you're in the coaching aspect of it, you see it in a different way. And I feel like it's, it just shows a lot. And then I can compare it to while, when I was in school, how it was. And obviously things are different. I've been graduated for a few years now, but it's still awesome to see that the culture and the passion is there with all of them. Yeah, so you had spoken about Natalie and Danielle you know, being their first, both their first years, uh, respectively. Like, how has it been working alongside them this, this, uh, up to this point? So Natalie has been in my life for six years now, I want to say. She was my assistant coach when I was a sophomore and junior. And then um, she came back the year I graduated, and I've just had an amazing relationship with her over the years. And Natalie was one of the reasons I moved back up to Spokane. Obviously, my fiance lives up here as well, but Natalie, my career was a, is a major part of my life. And so 
she was there for me during that time where I was transitioning from one coach to another. And she's been an amazing coach. And it's been different since I've been graduated because she works just with me in my career and what I need. And although that was the case in school, we didn't have as much time one-on-one. So I have that time now. So it's been amazing just growing on court with her. And she's an amazing coach. I don't know how to say it any different than that. She knows the game so well. She sees things that so many people don't see. And it makes you open your eyes to see the game in a different way. And I've learned so much just from observing her and how she sees the game. And it's been really impactful for me just seeing seeing that and helping me with my approach to coaching. And as for Danny, she's been amazing. We're the same age and it's been awesome. We've been able to work together through a lot of learning and she has also a different um she has a different look on the game and I think that that's amazing that we all see it in a different light. That way we can kind of bounce off one another and we can kind of work together and see how we can best suit the girls. Now, I follow the, the women's tennis team on Instagram, and I saw a video that you guys posted recently about the Halloween video. Can you sort of talk a little bit about that? Maybe there was, was there an inspiration behind it? Do you guys want to have some fun, or what was that? Yeah, so some of our girls are TikTok queens. They just love it, and I think it's hilarious because Nat, Danny, and I, we don't have TikTok. We don't know how to do any of the dances, but I remember we were um, over a weekend one time we were looking at different dances I was looking with one of the girls and we stumbled upon this dance and I was like that's the only dance that I think I can actually pick up because I don't have the the ability to memorize I get too nervous and I feel like my beats off whatever the case and so we had Halloween practice and it was it wasn't super early but it was one of the days the guys before the guys had their tournament so we did it a little bit before Halloween but so Nat, Danny, and I went as Dunkin' Donuts. So we brought That's donuts awesome. in. Yeah, it was so fun. We brought donuts in, and we wore, like, just basketball uniforms or outfits that we kind of put together. And uh, Nat came up with it, and we were all in because we just loved the the outfit and everything. And so we got to practice. We're so focused on just dribbling and just making up stuff. and then. The girls come out and they go, you have to do this dance. And so it started with just us three doing it. And it took us like 20 tries. And so we finally learned it. And we we felt like we kind of mastered it. It's not that hard. So we should be able to do that. But then the girls came out in their Halloween costumes. And we were like, let's just do it all together. And so Chris came in and he um, videoed it for us. And we only had to do it a couple times, which is kind of surprising because there's a lot of us. So it turned out fun and we had a good time. So it was really a good experience with them. It was a great video. <laughs> it was a great video. I was, great very, video. I was very impressed. Who is a choreographer? So I guess on TikTok, they just have other people doing it. And so you kind right. of like practice yeah. and it's hard because nobody shows you how to do it. You just have to keep playing the video. But our two two of our girls knew the the moves already, so they helped us like kind of figure it out without the music. And then 
started doing it a little bit faster and then made sure everybody knew it. But we kind of all came in at different points. So it was kind of fun to just see how some people picked it up way quicker than us. And it was a little embarrassing at times, but we had fun. Also to mention a Twitter video. I saw a Twitter video of you uh, hitting a, serving a ball, tennis ball and hitting like a can on the ground on the opposite side of the court. Um, I, I want to know how many tries did it take, honestly, and are you looking to be a trick shot artist in the future? Yeah, I can, I, I can never do something like that. <laughs> so that game actually started um, back in California, and that was with me on the road. It was during the summer at some point, and we were just practicing serves, and she put up a target, and so she was calling out numbers. So we called it like A, B, and C. So A would be down the T, B would be in the middle of the box, and then C would be out wide. So she would call call that or call a number out. And so she would call that out and I would hit it, try to hit it at least. And I hit it once and she was like, okay, let's do two in a row. And so she put a bet on the line. And so we, I, I hit the cone, but it didn't fall over. And I was so mad because like it was, I hit the cone and I was like about to win this bet. And I was so excited, but then it didn't fall over. And I'm like, geez, I need to get in the gym or something. Not, not, <laughs> what, how much was on the line? It was, well, okay. I don't know. It was, <laughs> I don't know if I should say it over. No, but. Um, An undisclosed amount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. undisclosed amount. But um, it was super fun. And then, so I didn't hit it. And then we just kept it going. It took me, it took me a while. It probably, maybe like three weeks. Oh, but, wow. Because you had to hit two in a row in the same spot. So it, you would hit one, and then you would hit a couple more serves and not hit it, and then you would hit it on, like, the third try or even the fourth or whatever. And so I did it, and I remember doing it at Mission Park. We were practicing out there, and then I did it a couple more times. And then once the girls came back, they didn't have a bet or anything, but they would do it. And so if you look on Twitter – you can see how each girl has, or most of them have gotten a shot at doing it a couple times. And so it was fun, but one of our girls, she had been trying for like a year now and she finally got it this last week. And she, we were all so excited. We were like (laughs) jumping up and down and it was awesome, but it's always like an experience. Yeah, so sticking to Twitter, right? Because you seem to be a Twitter queen out here with the, uh, with, the <laughs> with all these trick shot videos and such. Um, we did see that you also uh, shouted out Laura Stockton after she got you know her she got signed in Germany, correct? Um, but how how long do you guys have known each other so far? Yeah, so Laura's one of my first friends here at, at Gonzaga. We were in the same major. We both played sports, and we just got to know each other over the years, and we had very small classes so we became really close she's awesome she's been one of my good friends since the start and I'm just so excited for her she's gone through so much just with injury and it's been really hard and as an athlete that's one of the hardest things that you go through especially when you continue your career um, and that's your job so I just pray that she stays healthy and that she has an amazing experience and i'm so excited for her but yeah she's been my friend for yeah, a while those injuries are tough and we're all yeah. we're all big fans of hers always hoping yeah. she does she does well absolutely she's awesome i want to i want to transition back to your time here at gonzaga obviously as as naz mentioned at the start you were quite the athlete <laughs> quite had quite the accomplishments can you um sort of talk about what your experience is like playing tennis here at gonzaga 
Yeah, so the program here is not like a lot of programs across the country. I am so thankful that I chose to come to Gonzaga. They emphasize that I would develop here. And for me, that was the major part in my career or in my game that I needed. And so I chose to come here and I was a four star recruit coming into school. So for most people, if they don't know that, it's not very high at all. It's like average, below average. Four star? Yeah. Four stars are better than, or for tennis. Is it five star? There's four, five, and then blue chip, but like mostly like. Yeah, I don't know about blue chip. Mostly five star and blue chip are like what you look for as as a coach. Okay. And so, um, especially at this level, like the schools, it's very competitive. So I was super happy to come here and um, my experience was amazing. I definitely had a lot of struggles during my time here on court, off court, all of the above, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. It helped me grow on court, off court, all of the above. And so I'm super thankful for my experiences here with my teammates who have been some of my best friends in life. And my coaches, who I consider family, they were at my engagement party right after um, we got engaged. And if that doesn't show how much they meant to me and hopefully, and I know how much I mean to them. (laughs) And so I'm super happy that I have those relationships and I honestly wouldn't trade those relationships for anything. But then I'm sure in, in 2018, you know, when you won the national championship, I'm sure that must have been quite quite the feeling. Can you sort of talk about what that was like? Yeah, that was amazing. My teammate Grace and I were down in um, Malibu area with our head coach, DJ. And first of all, we had the most fun that we could have had. Like, it was <laughs> so much fun. Um, it was super cool because we got to stay. Grace and I got to stay with the host family which was really cool. We got to stay with a family in Malibu and um, DJ would drop us off there. We'd have dinners with them and then he'd pick us up in the morning and we'd have a full day of tennis. And it was just an amazing experience with my teammate in general and my coach. And then throw in all the tennis and the, the experience. It was awesome. I, I can't really describe all of the feelings and emotions during that week because it kind of was a blur in a way and I I wish I could go back to them because I would love to remember how everything felt but I just remember kind of being in a different headspace than I've ever been and I I guess it I mean it showed (laughs) that week was amazing and had a lot of tough wins, tough matches, and my final was really tough. I uh, rolled my ankle really bad in the second set, and I ended up playing on it on it for a set and a half, and then I got back here, and it blew up. like There was like a tennis ball basically on my ankle. It was probably from flying as well, but like it was – I couldn't – I was in a boot for a little while, and I couldn't do anything, so it was kind of weird coming back after hurting myself, but – it was a really cool story, just having one after hurting myself. <laughs> Definitely worth it, though. Yeah, it was so worth it. I remember DJ coming up to me on court 
because I like completely fell over and I was like grabbing my ankle and he comes up to me and he was like I could tell he was just worried about me in general but he was like are you gonna finish this and I looked at him and I was like are you kidding me DJ of course I'm finishing this (laughs) and he was like Yep, I knew that. <laughs> Love so that we mentality. Just, yeah. Love it. What'd you do in celebration? So we went to In N Out, and that was awesome. Come on. <laughs> okay. What'd you get? What'd you order? Oh, uh, yes. I can't even remember. I got so much food, and <laughs> we just had so much fun. And then we got on a flight, and I got back here, and my teammates had like posters, and I lived in a house, and they got a cake, and they had posters, balloons like around my house, and they just like gave me like a welcoming um from flying in we got in like at like 11 so it was so nice of them they were so supportive and i wish that they could have been there but just seeing like all their messages every day and their videos and just the support from them like i i was just honestly happy that i did it for the school and the team like that was all i cared about and now people kind of know about gonzaga and where it is and that we actually have a tennis team, not what, just basketball. What did Gonzaga Absolutely. do to celebrate you? Yeah, so, oh, well, actually, they, my teammates, they did a really nice thing with um, a celebration. They got me, because I think all of you guys probably remember, I don't know if you were students here at the time. Well, of course you were. It was just a different year, but they had a huge number one cake. So for the basketball, but they did a, they did a smaller version for me, Um, but that was super nice. And then um, honestly, the coolest experience maybe during my time here was um, the UW game versus Zags. I and my friends had gotten front row seats to the game. We had a ton of hard work put into it because it was a tent game and we spread out around campus and we got tent number four. And so we were front row and it was ESPN game. And I actually, they told me, I think the day before they were like, we're honoring you during the game. So bring your trophy and like wear something tennis specific. Like I wore just a Zags tennis shirt. And so I went out during a commercial, commercial break and it was super cool experience. But um, yeah, so that was really cool. Okay. So what, so what the first 10 city game coming up? I guess I guess the question would be, what advice do you have maybe for, for those kids like spreading out around campus trying to get that, that number one 10 spot? Is there any advice you would give them? Honestly, I feel like the best advice I could give is to just know the buildings um, and just the spots on campus because sometimes like they're really tricky, but then sometimes they're pretty simple, but sometimes students don't know all the buildings. So honestly we got kind of lucky with the location it was the international building and my friend that was standing over there was talking to his buddy and was like oh where are you going to stand and he had said oh at the international building the schoenberg center schoenberg oh is that is that by Dussault? and it's over by Dussault and near kennedy but none of us knew where that was right but our friend had no idea where that was until he his buddy had said that that's where he was going. And then a few minutes later, tweet goes out, Schoenberg Center, and he was like, I know where that is. No way. So we got kind of lucky with that one. But honestly, it was an amazing experience because my freshman year I did Tent City. And I think I was like tent number 130 or something. So I was probably like fourth to last. So it was cool going from 
last to one thirty to <laughs> four. That's quite the jump. Yeah. What was that experience like? Like being in the back? Oh, it was still amazing. Okay. We had so much fun just because, like, just being in the kennel in general is yeah. just so much fun. Absolutely. So I feel like it wasn't that different, other than we were just way closer to the court, but. At the same time, it was still the same fun experience. Were there any injuries sustained while trying to get to the location? <laughs> I feel like once that tweet goes out, it's just mayhem. Um, personally, with people that I knew, no, thankfully. But I, I'm sure there has to be. Because, like, especially the time of the year with it being winter and just with the, the ice, I yeah. feel like that could yeah. be kind of sketchy. So I hope nobody gets injured because that would be a major bummer. But... I I luckily did not none of my friends either. Awesome, awesome. Um I wanted to transition a little bit back to the your professional career. Um a couple of things I researched. I saw that you're ranked as high as 399th in singles and 376th in doubles. Uh most of your losses have come against US players. So first I want to ask what does this say about US women's tennis? Yeah. U.S. women's tennis is tough. Um, there are players from all over the country that are so good. And I just feel that it's been an amazing experience so far, just getting to play against people that I've played in college or in juniors that are now pros. And then there's also players that I've never seen before that turned pro when they were younger or that had played in college that I never played. So it's been really cool seeing how strong the U.S. is, but it also makes it really tough when you are playing U.S. tournaments because they're always stacked and they're, I mean, with any tour event, it's going to be challenging, but it's always tough to get into the U.S. ones with all these really good players all over. Who, who would you say is the toughest opponent you've, you've played against that you can recall? I would say the toughest opponent I've played is probably Christina McHale. She was top 100 when I played her, oh, wow. and it was a really good match. We we had some really tough points, and it could have gone either way at times, but she was very solid just all around, and it was a really cool experience playing against her at that point, and she had been probably top 20 or top 30 in the world at one point. So oh. it was really cool playing against her. So she, off the top of my head, that's probably one of the toughest American opponents I've played. Um, you mentioned playing overseas, playing in States. Where would you rather play? Would you rather play overseas or here and why? So I've only been overseas that one time to – Portugal and my experience was amazing over there despite the circumstances but I was traveling by myself so I was trying to figure out all everything on my own in a foreign country and not knowing the language and things like that so it was very challenging because I didn't know many people at all and I had to kind of get outside of my comfort zone and talk to some other players and I made some really good friends just at that tournament and they were really welcoming and very helpful because they're they were from the UK and they spoke English and they had traveled to Portugal a few times so 
they kind of knew a little bit about how to go about booking flights or going on the train and just withdrawing money and finding a phone charger or the right outlet, like things like that, just things that you don't really think about um, when you've never done something before. And then when you're also having to plan your your tennis side of things, like I kind of forgot about the whole outlet thing. So I get there and I'm like, shoot, I need to figure that out or <laughs> I'm not going to have any form of transportation or communication. So it was just to have that experience but I would probably pick the U.S. right now because I'm very familiar with everything here but if I was able to travel abroad with somebody then I feel like it would be really cool to experience that with somebody else so as of right now it's the U.S. right now the U.S. yeah what was the biggest challenge of living in Portugal I would say besides the cables yeah yeah (laughs) That was actually not that bad, but um, I feel like the biggest challenge was when I was traveling from um, Lyria, this small city I was in for my first event, to Lisbon, where I was flying out of, and I had to take like four modes of transportation, and it was really challenging figuring out which way to go at the bus station because in even getting the bus ticket because nobody spoke English there and so I was having a really hard time was trying to translate on my app but then I didn't have wi-fi so it was it was really tricky with that but I figured it out and I definitely am thankful for the experiences because I now know how to navigate a little bit better there how has it made you grow as a person it's made me grow tremendously. Some of the experiences I've had have been crazy, not even with tennis involved, like just with where I've been staying or just travel experiences, um, just all of the things that you had to deal with that don't even involve the sport you're playing. are They're kind of funny now, but in the moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. But it's been really helpful with just making me grow as a person and I now know what to do and what not to do (laughs) what's one thing you should not do um don't stay at an airbnb that's shared by yourself explain that a little bit (laughs) interesting um (laughs) so (laughs) I was kind of in the middle of nowhere and I was I had a rental car I was playing in this event and I figured I'd stay at Airbnb because it's a lot cheaper and I like being able to have a kitchen. And so I was staying there and everything was fine. There was another family there at one point and the the owner was in and out of the house, which I liked because it kind of gave me a sense of comfort that she was nearby in case something happened. And I wasn't really close to anybody that I knew. And so that was kind of nice to have that. Not like I knew her personally, <laughs> so I don't, but I just felt that trust. And so I had met that family, then they checked out, and then um, a guy and a girl checked in, and I introduced myself, and then I went to bed. And so I had not seen them for a few days. And then a few days later, probably two days after they checked in, there was a knock on the door and I was just sitting in my room and I look out the window and it's a police officer. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do? <laughs> I'm here by myself. I don't know anybody nearby. What? I didn't do anything. So I'm like, okay, I got to go answer the door. And so I call Jack, uh, my now fiance, and I am like, hey, can you just stay on the phone with me while I answer this door? There's a police officer here. I don't know why. And he's like, what? What? Like freaking out. He's across the country. And so he's like on the phone. I have it in my pocket. And I'm like, hi, officer. Like, sorry, it took me a few minutes. I was honestly just a little bit spooked. I, I'm staying here by myself. I'm at an Airbnb. And she was really nice. And she was like, oh, we're, we're actually looking for this guy named James. And I was like, oh, well, I'm at an Airbnb. I did meet the other people staying here, but I don't remember their names. It was a few days ago. And so I was like, I can't really help you. Do you have a photo? So she pulls out her phone and shows me this photo. And it's this guy that's staying there. And she was telling me, I was like, what's going on? And she was like, well, I just, we're looking for him. Like, he's a little bit dangerous. We need to know where he is and we need to find him. So I go into panic mode because I'm by myself in uh, Jack's on the phone and he's like freaking out. I'm sure. Oh I'm my like, goodness! I'm like sweating and I'm probably <laughs> like about to cry. And so I'm like, well, I'm staying here for two more nights. Like, is it safe for me to stay here? I haven't seen him in a few days. I, is he coming back? I I don't know. I'm at an Airbnb and I'm like just <laughs> rambling. And she's like, it would be helpful if you just called the persons that this is their Airbnb and just tell them the situation. And I'm like. There's no way I'm staying here tonight. I, <laughs> I'm not calling this. I'm calling her, and I'm going to ask her if he's still staying here. But at the same time, I'm not. I, they still have the code to the house. Like right. I don't want to rat him out and then him be mad. Apparently, the woman that was with him checked him into the Airbnb, but she wasn't staying there. And so I packed my things as fast as I could <laughs> and I just chucked it in my rental car and I just drove to like this grocery store and I parked there and I was like panicking and I found a hotel or Jack found a hotel for me and he was like just go stay there and so that was the last time I do that oh by my myself goodness. so it was crazy but <laughs> but yeah what so, a story. So did you ever find <laughs> out why that why they were looking for that guy in the first place or So his name was so generic. I I didn't personally look him up, but Jack did. He was trying to find him. Like, <laughs> what did he do? And so we we found many of those that those people with the same name, but I never found out what he did. But I feel like for them to come look for him, he must have been on probation or something i don't fugitive i don't know yeah. but i'm like i was staying with a felon <laughs> they, they said he was violent or uh, he's dangerous dangerous. Dangerous. dangerous dangerous yeah i mean if they came to the airbnb that's pretty sketchy that she gave me crazy. the number if he comes by and i'm like you better believe i'm not gonna be here when <laughs> yeah, he comes of back course, exactly <laughs> gave you her the police officer's number yeah like the oh, uh, the yeah. like the department yeah. or whatever for what? them to come Get him. What did your fiance say when you got back? Like, did you guys like talk about it? What was that like? Yeah. So we, he helped me find a hotel to stay at. 
And so I was at the hotel and I kind of like calmed down after a little bit. I talked to my parents and they were like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) And so they were obviously just happy I was fine. And he was just kind of like, I cannot believe that that happened, but you can never do that again. Like, there's no way. And I'm like, before he said that, I was like, there's no way I'm doing this ever again. (laughs) I don't care how cheap it is. Like, I would rather pay way more money to be safe. I'd rather live. Yeah. I mean, who knows? He could have been okay. And who knows? But thankfully... I don't know and right, <laughs> don't have to think about it anymore. Did your fiance ever like say anything about it? So like for example, because you're in Portugal then and then you came back to the States and you saw your boyfriend or your fiance and then I'm sure you guys talked about it. And did he tell you like what he was going through specifically during that situation? Yeah, he he said he was very worried, which is obvious, but he he does a good job at not showing it. He just makes sure that I kind of keep letting him know. Because if when I'm traveling alone, obviously I'm by myself and usually in places where I don't know anyone. So I try to just over-communicate. I'll be like, okay, I'm going here. Oh, I got here. Or I'm going there now or whatever the case is. I just try to over-communicate. And he's been he's been awesome just because he always encourages me to to keep going to different places and keep playing that sort of thing. So it's been awesome because he could easily be like, no, like you should stay here. And cause he wants me to be around, but he's been awesome and supportive and it's, yeah, it's, I'm super thankful that he's very supportive of that. That's awesome. That's really, yeah, it's heartwarming, honestly. Quite, yeah. Yeah, that's quite the well, story. Well, it, it right. turned from like very like unsolved mystery <laughs> style from negative to, like, to positive. Yeah, quick, yeah. So. But that's awesome. Though. But everything's yeah, okay. Glad, also, glad safe. where was the Airbnb located? Because like when you're telling that story, I'm envisioning like you're around the woods. Very, this seems like, very invested in, in this story. Yeah, honestly, this is a crazy story. Very invested. So I was story. like in the middle of nowhere in Georgia, um, but there was there were homes nearby, okay. but. It was it was kind of interesting vibe. She was, like a a, she was staying vibe. in a cabin in the woods. No, I was yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I would have. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, but it was not the best best time. One star review on, yeah. on, on little, Airbnb. Little field home. trip boys. Is that what? Is that what? Trip, is that what yeah. I'd love to go to Portugal too. So yeah, you speak. No, you say you don't speak Portuguese, right? I don't. But Portugal was so amazing. I had an amazing time. I wish that I had somebody there to experience it with more just because I can like take all the pictures and videos in the world, but just seeing it in your, like throughout your own experience is amazing. And I just loved all of the tiles on the walls and of the buildings and just the colors there were amazing. And I definitely am going to go back in the future. Absolutely. What was your favorite thing about their culture? Everybody there was very welcoming and they were very just appreciative of people coming to their country. They had so many questions about the U.S. and I had so many questions about Portugal. And so it was really cool to just speak with different people at the tournament, especially because most of them spoke English and then in Lisbon a lot did as well so I was able to kind of communicate a little bit more 
um, in those parts of my my time there. So it was cool to just hear about different things I should go see and things that I should eat or um, that sort of thing. So it was really cool. And then I could tell them about where I live and about Gonzaga and where I'm from and that sort of thing. So it's kind of cool. What would you say is the biggest difference between the U.S. and Portugal, maybe in terms of culture or anything, honestly? Yeah, so (laughs) I had never been to Europe, and I was walking with um, a girl that is from the U.K., and we were going to the site from the hotel, and I was, like, in awe of the roads. They were so fancy compared to the concrete that we have they're all like cobblestone or just different types of rock oh wow um it wasn't brick it was like cobblestone like and the tile on the walls was amazing just all the colors and the nice buildings had them and then the really not so nice buildings had it so it was really cool to see just the how unique it was there and all the details and the history was really cool to experience. Um, and now, since we're still kind of your, in the topic of your professional career, um, there's some partnerships you've made, including Mr. Protein Coffee, Top Court, and you, you're laughing at Mr. Protein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Just it's kind of funny. Just protein. <laughs> the, name is, the name is very unique. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, and sorry, I'm pulling it up right now. Tennis, Tennis warehouse, warehouse, I believe. Tennis warehouse. Yeah. Uh, so how did those partnerships come about? Yeah. So Tennis Warehouse is probably one of the biggest tennis companies in the whole world. Oh, but wow. it's kind of funny because it was started in San Luis Obispo, which is where I'm from. And so I grew up going to this tiny, it's a tiny tennis shop just in San Luis and I would go there and I would get demo rackets or get new shoes or whatever the case. And so I grew up going there. And then, um, when I was in college and I decided I wanted to play professionally, once I graduated, they had reached out to me and asked if I like wanted to be part of team T-Dub. And so, yeah, T-Dub, yeah. Um, and so it's been an amazing experience. They've helped with so much just with equipment or anything I need. Um, they do. So I'm sponsored by Babylot, which is a racket and like equipment type company. And they, so Tennis Warehouse, I go to them for more shoes and clothing or um, just random things that like ankle braces, things like that. So I definitely have created a really good relationship with just the different sponsors that I do have and um they've been very amazing during my whole career and I'm grateful for all their support. So you use tennis warehouse for clothing and shoes you said and that happened after college. Yes. Um and then Top Court. Top Court is a subscription based um platform where people can sign up and learn from tennis professionals. How did that come about? Yeah, so um, Top Court is fairly new, and I was reached out to about being an ambassador for the the subscription, and it's awesome. I think it's a really good way to get the tennis community involved with how professional athletes' lives are, what they go through on and off the court, how they train, how they eat, how 
they do everything. And it's really cool to see that um, from that lens. And then also the coaching perspective, a lot of the top pros have their coaches on there and they kind of show how they're approaching their athletes and how it, their experiences with other athletes might be different, that sort of thing. And so basically my role is to help spread the word of this subscription-based company. And I am able to do that through email, text, word of mouth, that sort of thing. And um, yeah, it's really cool. It's growing a lot more. A lot of the players on it right now are in the, in the top 50. So oh, wow. a lot of room for growth. I, I, I want to hear about this Mr. Protein Coffee. <laughs> I, feel, yeah. I feel like this is the most fun out of the three of them. Yeah, it's kind of funny. But um, yeah, so I just got reached out to by them, and they are just a protein coffee company. And so they just sent me some product to post about, and I got to try different different flavors. And it's yeah, it's good. I mean, it's a cool concept because I love coffee and then you obviously love protein because you right. need that in your diet. So it's kind of it's kind of a cool different sponsorship type thing. Are they, are they locally based or do they just reach out no. to you randomly? No, they're actually from the East Coast. So oh, it's wow. def it's definitely not nearby, but yeah, it's kind of cool with social media in general like you're able to kind of connect with different brands all over the world and country so it's kind of cool absolutely yeah i just want to know what's your favorite flavor of their coffee flavors um i'm like pretty basic when it comes to coffee but i do and i love chocolate so i like the mocha because it's very it's very chocolatey it's kind of like dessert but then you get what you need from it <laughs> true, so stay, staying on sort of the topic of like i guess like not not guilty pleasure treats but like sort of <laughs> treats treat treats say like you treat like you give yourself maybe after a long hard day of work what would you say is your go-to treat oh i am like the biggest sweet tooth ever so sweet tooth okay yeah so i love i just love like baked goods i can't really pick one in particular i just love chocolate in general so I guess like anything with chocolate and then I also like peanut butter. So if you combine the two, then it's just Re even better. I'm just hearing Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, right oh, now. I do love those. <laughs> yeah. there you go. Reese's is the way to go. What about like chocolate strawberries? Yes. Those are good too. Chocolate pretzels. Yes. Yeah. Anything, anything chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> okay, have you tried, have you, so do you go to Costco at all? Yes. Have you tried those chocolate covered marshmallows? And it's a s'mores mix. It's a s'mores mix. Marshmallow. Oh, no. It's chocolate covered marshmallows and graham crackers. Oh, and they come that in the sounds same so bag. Good. That sounds insane. That sounds so good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my it's gosh. It's so good. I would okay, recommend I'm trying that. I'm going to have to go and get some. Yeah. I need to go to Costco. So that's my go. next. That'll be my next purchase. Are, are, are you much of a cook at all? Or? Yeah, I actually I try to cook all my meals. Um, I love cooking, I like baking. Um, but I, yeah, I kind of like to explore and just try new things. Sometimes they're a hit sometimes they're not but that's kind of what you have to do to find what you like what's your specialty um, if we're going to sophie's restaurant what's the main entree hmm. i love sweet potatoes so mm. i recently got an air fryer and air so i'm the best so good i don't know how i've never had one for up until like two months Life ago saver. so nice and yeah. it's fast so it's like so convenient but so i usually just like cut up the sweet potato into little like 
cubes kind of and then put garlic olive oil salt and pepper type thing and then throw it in there for the time and then um i i love like barbecue chicken so we'll like barbecue on the grill and put barbecue sauce on it so good sounds amazing and then like space some, over here. the yeah. scene's in heaven that right now so good. the so scene's good. in heaven right now amazing. yeah it's it's so good my dad he is so good at barbecuing and in where i'm from we have these grills called santa maria style grills and they're mm. wood fired and it takes way longer to cook the to cook the meat and everything but it tastes so much better and i just every time i go home i'm like please <laughs> it's so good i feel like any dad should know how yeah. to grill is that yeah. i feel like it's sort of like a dad characteristic yeah. just knowing how to grill that grill is like a traeger right like it's kind of like a smoker um no so you'll have to like look it up but it's i mean i know that they're everywhere but like we just call them santa maria style grills but they're they're basically open faced so like you have a crank on the side to bring the like the meat either up or down towards the flames so it's kind of cool like it takes a lot longer cuz you use actual like wood and so we we call we have a lot of tri tip down there so which is so good as well um so we have a lot of tri tip and then when it's cooked on there it's oh my gosh it's so the fire grill mm-hmm. that looks so good i, I think honestly. i've used i think i've used amazing. like a foreman grill but I, I use a foreman grill most of the time do you guys not know foreman grill? I know Form, foreman. those yeah, are foreman the ones grill. like that fold like you put a yeah piece of meat and you it, fold it's like it a grill, over it's like a grilled cheese or a quesadilla sort oh, of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah yeah the panini yeah. right exactly. those are very those are good but like what um sophie is sophie's talking about it's the let me show you quick. that sounds more unique what you're talking yeah. about it's yeah, it's yeah. like oh wow it's like um there's a base, and then there's like a little section under the base for wood and fire, so it looks pretty. Good. That looks very it looks cool. Like it yeah, I never, I never see them around anywhere other than where I live. I don't know, maybe mostly California. I guess I don't. know. I'm from SoCal too. I think I've seen them occasionally. Yeah, yeah we both are. T- I don't know. They're we just... both are Bobby. We're both from SoCal. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I forget to mention him as well. <laughs> he always always forgets me. Always. So I'm, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just joking. <laughs> I want to sort of like stick with sort of like these fun hobby things of yours. Do you have like a favorite movie, a favorite TV show, maybe a show that you always go like a go to binge? Yeah. So, um, I love Friends. Ooh, I love great Friends. show. I've great watched show. it through so many times. Um, but right now, and I've seen Modern Family before. Modern Family but is a great show. I've, we've been watching it through again, and oh my gosh, it is so funny. I just. I love watching it because I'm all about like the comedies and everything, yep. but yep. that it's just such a feel good show it and it's so easy to connect with them and it's just hilarious. Okay. So, so I, so I have to ask you, were Ross and Rachel on a break? Oh my God. <laughs> I think, I think that they were not. You don't think they're on a break? No, I don't. Interesting. I feel like fan, I feel like the diehard fans just yeah. go back and forth with yeah, that one. Have you, have you guys seen the show? I've seen the show. Yeah. What would you, what would you say? I'm not. <sighs> I'll give you my no, answer after, but I want to hear okay. you say. It's been a minute since I've seen the show. Right. It's been a minute. Um, I don't think they were, man. I don't think they were on, on a break. I know I know. Ross says they were, right? They, he says they were. That, am I just... Okay. Yeah. He's Ross, like, Ross right, says he they does. were. Rachel said they were. Okay, okay. I feel like it was like heat of the moment. Like yeah. they were like, we need to like stop for a second. But like it wasn't... They weren't like in the right headspace to make that decision, I feel like. Right. So I feel like it wasn't accurate. So I don't feel like they were on a break. Fair enough. I, I agree. 
I agree. I did. I, I mean, yeah, I don't think they were on a break, but it definitely okay. added to. <laughs> oh, it, it definitely so added to the funny. show. It was oh, yeah. hilarious. And though one of my favorite scenes, I don't, and I'm sure this might be one of your favorite scenes too, pivot. is when they're carrying the mattress up the stairs. Oh, and Ross is yelling, "Pivot, pivot!" Okay, so <laughs> that is one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen. So and the bloopers funny. too. The bloopers are the funniest thing ever too. Have you seen oh, the bloopers? Yes, I oh. have. And it was funny. So we had just we got we had just moved to our new place in mm-hmm. August, and we had gotten a couch, and we had to move it from our other apartment to our new place. Yeah, and. I was super annoyed because it wasn't fitting in any door <laughs> slash um, car slash elevator, anything. Right. It was, and it was so light. So it was confusing because like you thought it could smush, but it just wasn't. And then Jack was like, <laughs> we were trying to bring it up the stairs and he's like, pivot, pivot. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Call back. Laughing. Call back. <laughs> yeah. There we go. That's so awesome. Funny. What about a hobby during quarantine? Oh, yeah. Any, any skill you sort of picked up? Honestly, I got a dog. So my hobby was... That counts. That counts. Yeah. yeah. My hobby was caring for her and just taking her to new places. I'm I'm obsessed with dogs. So Love dogs. So, Love dogs. so much fun. Why dogs? Why? Yeah. It's, I, obvi- it's obvious. Isn't yeah. It? They're no, dogs. It's obvious. They're dogs. It's so <laughs> obvious. Um, I just grew up with dogs, and I just... Every time I see a dog, I just get happy. And mm-hmm. I was the annoying person that I would see a dog when we'd be in the car. And I'd be like, hey, can you stop? I want to go pet him. <laughs> and then I would run across the street while we were walking or doing something important. And I would just ruin the moment. And just everyone would be like, oh, great. There's a dog. So he's going to go pet it or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so I just cared for her. And she kept me entertained during quarantine. What, what, what breed is she? Golden Retriever. Ooh, the yeah. best. Yeah. The best. Love What's her name? Her name's Ella. That's such a cute name. That's She's so cute. Here. Yeah, let's look. we got to see a picture of her now. What's your favorite activity to do with her? Um, here, if you can find her. Okay. Oh, oh she is adorable. She's, oh, my goodness. Yeah, she's so sweet. She just turned a little, or she's a little over a year. Oh. But my favorite thing to do with her... I honestly like to find places that I can take her to at all times. So mm-hmm. if that's on on walks or like going to a restaurant where you can sit outside, um, I found this dog park out in Coeur d'Alene on the lake mm-hmm. and it's like half in the lake and then half on land. And so it's so fun because they can like run around with all the dogs. But then the nice thing about the sand here at that at the lake is it's not sand it's like more gravelly so right. she doesn't get that dirty <laughs> so for an owner it's kind of nice because you don't have to like clean up that much like in your car and everything yeah. so that was that's kind of nice and then i like being out there because it's so pretty in cordelaine and i like to talk with the other dog owners and just pet all the dogs <laughs> are you thinking of getting her friend anytime soon not anytime soon okay. We live in a one-bedroom apartment right now, and so there's just not enough room. And it's so busy when you have a dog. It's hard to, it's hard to do a lot of things, but it's also so nice having one. So right. you're, like, trying to make everything work. But I, I still just want to have a yard for Ella in general, so right. I will wait until that point until I get another dog. That's fair. Uh, Sophie, what's one of your pet peeves? Speaking of pets. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. Um, this is 
really dumb, but it's my pet peeve is when on a jacket that zips when the zipper sticks up or out. Now that I think yeah, about it, it, it just doesn't look right. Yeah, yes. wait, ex- yeah, that doesn't actually look right yeah. if it's like that. It's that it's make not sense. that re- that's it's not that urgent. <laughs> I don't I don't like that. If you see someone me. if you see someone like that, you're just gonna think to your mind, oh. Oh, I go fix it. Oh, you there you go. go. Yeah. There we go. I'm like, oh hi, and then I just. <laughs> No Only kidding. to people I know. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't go up to the stranger, right? Like, no. Oh, hey, you gotta. But I will stare at it. I will stare at it, and I'm like, dang it, like, because it'll be zipped up to like where their neck is. So it's right. like, either sticking straight out or poking the neck. So. I I know I know you you obviously traveled a lot of places. Um, but if you could travel one place in the world, where would it be? And why? And why? I would love to go to Italy. Yes. I would yeah. love to go there. Yeah. I would like to go there because I love Italian food, first of all. Who doesn't? But my parents went there a few – it had to have been like six years ago now. And I got to see all the pictures, and it looked incredible. And then being there, you're so close to so many other – well, in Europe, you're close to a lot of beautiful places. But I would love to, to go to Italy. Did Gonzaga not have a study abroad program in Florence when you were here? They did, but when you're on it, the team and stuff, it's so oh, hard. Right. Yeah, um, right. I never got the opportunity to, but my a few of my roommates and friends went abroad, and they loved it, and they went to Florence. So. That sounds tough. Yeah. I'm hoping to do it junior, senior year. There we yeah, go. Yeah, you should. I feel like if you're able to, you should. Right. I was a student athlete before I got here, and it was the same thing, like, one of my biggest goals was to study abroad. I just couldn't because, you know, the schedule is tight. Like, you know, we have morning work lifts, morning workouts, um, practices after classes, and then game days on the weekends. And then during the off season, we have lifts, training days. And then there's only like, once the season is actually over, there's only like a two week period. Um, there's only like a two week period when we can just like relax and not do anything. Is that was that similar for you as well? Yeah, it was it was very busy to say the least. We definitely didn't have a lot of time to do a lot of things just in general. We had a lot of training and practice and we went to a lot of tournaments and things like that and then obviously when you throw school in, it's it's very hard to balance both. So you have to be very organized and kind of have those priorities in line just with what you're looking to get out of your experience. So definitely. Okay. So, so, so one last thing we want to do with you is, is we, we put together about six or seven, would you rather questions? So some of the most controversial, would you rather questions? And we want to get your opinion on them and your reasoning for it. So yeah, not, sorry, not controversial as in it's going to cause a problem for it, but no, controversial no. in the sense of like, like it could go either way. It could way. go either way. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start with the first okay. one. So the first one is, would you rather take one vacation that lasts four weeks or four vacations that last one week? Four vacations that last one week. That's what I said I love too. That That's what I said too. How come? Why? Yeah. Because I would love to experience four different places and activities and environments and I feel like when you're in one place for so long you kind of at least this is how I am I get so excited I do everything in the first day or two (laughs) and then I'm like what do I do now and obviously there's still things to do but I just feel like 
it would be fun to go to four different places. If, if you had, had a plus, if you had a plus one, would you bring your dog or your fiance? <laughs> oh, my fiance. Oh. Good answer. Good answer. answer. Yeah. Sorry, Ella. Yeah. Sorry, Ella. Sorry, Ella. (laughs) Ella, you can come with me another time. There we go. There we go. All right. uh, Next one. Um, Would you rather speak every language in the world but not be able to read them, or or read every language in the world but not be able to speak them? Speak every language. Read them. Same. Same. I I I don't read as I don't really read anyway. So. Yeah. So, but that means so like so that means if you saw like a news headline, you wouldn't you wouldn't know what it says. Oh, that would be tough. Yeah. So like anything like on TV, like that, that like, yeah, it wasn't true. writing, you you wouldn't be able to see what it, like know what it said. It's like, all right, sorry, Nas, you can't read your notes anymore because you can't read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is oh, that's a good yeah, point. That's, that's, a, that's point. a good point. But I'd rather still know like every single language to like right. I, communicate with people. You, you know, when we sit in like uh, barbershops, you know, and you know that. Yeah, no, people I, are speaking different languages. No, and you want to know what they're saying. Like, and I, there and you go. I, I, I feel like I, no, I feel like even with my point, I feel like just reading and not being able to speak would be much worse because that's basically yeah. like being deaf, isn't it? Because like deaf, deaf people don't speak, right? I believe so. Or, I mean, or yeah. mute, mute people. I believe mute. mute yeah. Sorry, mute. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be. I know. Correct. I know what you. I think mute I, people. I think yes. they know what you meant. Okay. I hope so. I don't want to offend anyone. Oh uh, well. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know today's society. Yeah. Um. I have a question for you. Is would you rather not be able to cut your hair or cut your or your nails? I would rather uh cut my nails than my hair because I could at least be able to do daily things if I have my nails cut. But when they get to a certain point, I feel like you can't do things because they're just so long. But like with your hair, like you could braid it or put it up and just kind of put a hat on or whatever and you can still do things that's literally what i told you yeah, that's you literally did. what i you said did. to you and you're trying to make an argument for nails you're like imagine well, having such lo- a long head of hair i was thinking that's disgusting head. dude like imagine like i was 10 imagine feet like long nails, long nails? Yeah. like no was, okay. and that's a real thing yeah you know people that's have that a real yeah. thing and it's actually kind of i saw gross. it in the guinness book of world records some yeah. woman had like 22 foot like it was like I don't know why. It's probably the length that. of this room right now, yeah, honestly. Yeah, they, like, curl. Just, just they curl, yeah. Just wear long gloves. That's what I say. <laughs> Come on. I don't even think they make Come gloves. On. I, they don't, but I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to be positive here for my own sake, okay? Like, I'm trying to think about, yeah, but imagine your hair, dude. Like, your hair would be so disgusting but there and oily. Are, but there would probably be, like, like squirrels living in right, there. But, but I, I, feel like, I feel like there are more ways to, like, squirrels. manipulate your hair than, than your nails. Think about your beard Because your body. nails are like sharp and they're like solid. And so they're not as hard to move around. Yeah. But with your hair, you can like fold it like Sophie said. You can braid it. So I feel like there are more options with your hair. I mean, this is a weird yeah, topic. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But eventually you wouldn't be able to do anything with your hair because it's so dang thick. You can't you know? do anything with your nails if they're 20 feet long either. Honestly, I'm not making a case for <laughs> no, right, I'm no, not making a case for nails because I'd clip my nails yeah, without yeah, a doubt. Exactly. That's actually disgusting. No, it's but, yeah. Nasty. yeah. Okay. Um yeah. Final? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, you want to ask it? Yeah, go for it. Would you rather be the star on a bad team or an average player on an elite team? An average player on an elite, no, 100%. Why? I, I, feel like, I feel like the question would be like a star player on a bad team or like a bench warmer on a championship team or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I would rather yeah. be the bench warmer be, on the elite team because I just feel like I'm not – I don't really like a lot of attention, so I – would not do well with that and then i really like just seeing people do well so i would yeah. like to just be a part of quite the team player we, I mean, we are talking yeah. to a champion over here so <laughs> i mean that, that was a, i was about to mention that i mean you are a champion yeah, you have true, so yeah. many accolades you are a star player already 
um, especially at Gonzaga. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but my teammates were really good. Very, very so. true. Okay, very true. Team set. Quite team the team player. Yeah. I respect it. What about you guys? What would you guys be? I mean, um, go, you can go for it. Honestly, I'm really competitive, so I'd probably go with the bench warmer on the on a good team, just because I'd want to win over at any and all costs. And like, even if I'm on a bad team, I'd be like, I can't do this. I'm gonna get traded to that good team anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my I reasoning. Mean, I just want to play though. Like, like I feel like just be, like being a bench warmer. Like, even if the team's good, like I feel like you just sort of take the fun out of the sport if you just never play. Like you, like you know yeah, me, you played yeah, basketball with yeah. me. Like I, I like I just try to. I love scoring. I try to score as much as I can. <laughs> and so even if I averaged thirty and our team went ten and fifty, you know I'm like screw it. But I, that, I, I, at least I did well enough. Yeah, that's a good point. But like your team's losing. That, that's <laughs> never fun. Like, but I'd rather play than not play. That's I, I'd rather point. play but, than ride the bench. But isn't the point of sports and that to be competitive though, or like just just compete? And if you're on a bad team and you're just having fun with it, and you're just kind of like going against the sports aspect. I feel, but I feel like there would come a certain point where I just accept my team is just super super bad and just try to do everything myself, <laughs> right? I mean, I feel like just as an athlete, I just try. There's come a point where I'm just I just had enough. And I'm like, you know what? I'm MJ just going to shoot 30 shots a game. Honest. And if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. Honestly, MJ would be very disappointed in you. He'd say, <laughs> yeah. I took that personal problem. MJ took that personal <laughs> Exactly. I'd rather be the star on a bad team because the team can rebuild. Well, now you're thinking of the now future. You, now, now, you can't, now, now, now you're adding layers to the question. Now you're adding layers to the question. I did not say anything about Fine. not bringing that up. <laughs> well, if, if we're bringing that up, then you can trim. The, you can like you don't have to cut your hair, but you can like trim <laughs> right, the hair. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You can cut it every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> we're adding layers. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, I'll take. Before we go, I want to ask Sophie one last question. What are your plans for the next five years? Oh gosh! Five year plan, quick go. Um, <laughs> I guess I don't have an answer to that right now. I just, I have dealt with a lot over the last few years, just with a lot of just things coming up. But, um, I just have been focusing on trying to find things that make me happy, and I want to be healthy and so that is my main goal in general and then i will have to plan a, a wedding right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course. yeah. Um, which will be yeah. really fun but we haven't started any of that so it'll be it'll be a fun experience and then i don't know i i guess i don't really know for sure i yeah Maybe not plans, but where do you see yourself in five years? Like, do, do you think you'll still be playing tennis in, like, in the WTA in five years? I hope to be. Yeah. I hope to be healthy and confident in my game and everything moving forward. So I hope to be. Um, I don't know what my plan is in store, just with who knows what happens in life. Like, you never know what is thrown at you so you kind of have to adjust but the only thing that you can do and control is what makes you happy so I want to make sure that I keep that a main focus and yeah well thank you for coming on the show Sophie it was great to have you on thank you guys so much for having me it was really fun thanks for joining us for the Gonzaga sports recap we have the men's and women's basketball team play this last Friday and Saturday, respectively. Uh, the men's basketball team won 112-62. to 62. Uh, Star of the game, 
Drew Timmy with 25 points, 8 rebounds, and went 7 for 7 from the free throw line in 18 minutes. Um, like I said last yeah, like I said last week, this was going to be a blowout, and it was. It was close to with the, like in the first half. That I think they were like up seven eight minutes. Yeah, and then they pulled away. They were up like seventeen to sixteen at one point, but from that point they like outscored them thirty something to like fifteen. Yeah, around there. So you know nothing unexpected. Um, crazy stat I found over the last fifteen games, uh, the guys averaged around forty point differential. An exhibition game. So they win by an average of 40 points. Yes. <laughs> I mean. That makes sense. Well, that's, a, game. That, that's very impressive. Yeah. But I feel like they're supposed to win these exhibition games by a lot. But that's, but that's still very impressive. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Nonetheless. Very true. And that's. And I said around. Now, that doesn't include the last two games they just played. So I'm sure that average even just went up. So yeah. Pretty impressive stat from the guys. They play Dixie State next in Spokane, Tuesday, November 9th at 6 p.m. Dixie State hasn't played a game yet. Um, and honestly, this is probably a game that Gonzaga showed one as well. Um, Dixie State's a mid-tier Division One te- uh, team in the Western Athletic Conference. There's not, not much like. I'm I'm expecting at least a thirty-point win. Thirty points. At least a thirty-point win. I, yeah. I'm gonna go more with like a fifteen to twenty-point win. No, really? Yeah, I mean they're still Division One. You gotta respect them. Right, but. Like if you think about it, like last year when we when we played like the Iowas and like those other top like the Kansas, like we won by like fifteen points. But that was that was last year, and that was a different team. I think our team's better this year. That was one. You think they're better? I think I think we're gonna be better than last year. I would actually say that we're like around the same, maybe a little. We're deeper. We're definitely deeper. We're for deeper. sure, for yeah. sure. But we're deeper at similar positions. We're deep at the power forward position, center position, right. and we're deep at the point guard, shooting guard position. Right. We're not deep at the shooting forward position. You know, we lost Kispert. That was a big player. And, and Joel. And Joel. So, you know, it's going to be tough. But moving on to the women's basketball game, uh, they beat Central Washington 78-42. to um, This was also an exhibition game. So, you know, they played a Division two school. Um, not much competition for the ladies. They out-rebounded them 54-22. to They caused 18 turnovers. So that's exciting for, uh, for us to see going ahead in the future. That means they're kind of scrappy and um, they're ready to get after the ball, get those loose, those loose and important plays. Um, only four threes in the game, though. So that's not that's not a great stat to see. That means they're not shooting enough threes. Yeah. So is it maybe because they're not confident or is it because it's not part of the game plan? Because they did shoot 47.6% from the field. They get most of the buckets in the paint. Right. Respectfully. They, get, they have, like, Pretty tall girls on the team, around. Bree's like six one, Eliza's like six two. Anna six, six five. Six five. Yeah. And I think and the new transfer mod from Syracuse, she, she's up there as well. She's yeah. like six three. Yeah. Um, and then even like the shorter girls on our team are like five five six and above. So that's pretty tall for our team. Uh, a couple of standout players included Kaylee Trong. She had fourteen points, four rebounds, and three assists. Melody Kempton had a team high nine rebounds to go with seven points. And freshman, uh, highest recruited. Freshman, four-star recruit, Bree Salenbein, scored 11 points, had four rebounds, three assists, and one steal. I was oh, impressed she, with her. Yeah, yeah, she looked good. Especially for debut for Gonzaga, I think it, obviously it's only going to be up from here. But this is a great, great sign for for the women's team. Yeah, I, exhibition debut, she looked fantastic. So Absolutely. that's a good sign for years to come for the GU Absolutely. women's basketball team. Yeah. They play Montana State in Spokane Thursday, November 11th. The tip-off is at 6 p.m. 
Julian, tell us a little bit about the men's and women's soccer team. Well, the men's and women's soccer team had a bit of a uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde um, type of type of vibes this weekend, just because um, the men's team on senior night, which was of course their last, this last game that they played against St. Mary's, uh, again it was senior night, great night for celebration. In fact, the goalie, uh, the starting goalie, was actually um, named Thomas Ewert. He actually made his first career start um, in that game. Unfortunately, they let up a goal in the first three minutes, but it's okay. They did lose 3-1 to one to St. Mary's again, so unfortunately they didn't have the best senior night that they would have liked to hope for. However, all, overall, they they did show a lot of improvement from where they were at last season, so hopefully they can do well moving forward, as well as their next game being against the University of Pacific on this Saturday. So I would say overall, not the best weekend for them results-wise, but still uh, definitely uh, definitely room for growth. I think I saw a stat where Gonzaga contr- controlled the ball of the game for yeah. the majority of the time. 54%. Actually. Yeah. They've controlled 54% of the ball? They did. And they That's still insane. lost, yeah. Um, they did. I, 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 but I think in addition to that, though, I think you should have to read a little bit into it. I'm pretty sure the majority of the time they had the ball, mm-hmm. it was on their own side of the field, so they weren't really attacking as much. Yeah. And they were mostly just trying to defend it and get, get it out of their half of the field. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, while they did control possession, yeah. they weren't really making much out of it. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, show the show, like, last week we were talking about how, um, you know, you can control possession, but those 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 goals can still go in the net, you know. So, at the same time, it's just how what you do with that ball is what exactly. you can do with it. Right? And you said they had, like, two shots on goal, four shots on goal? I believe they had four shots on goal in total. At least they were being aggressive. Very true. They were playing their game. Yeah. So. I feel like if they want to win, they got to get more than four shots on goal, though. True. Very but true. that's actually a pretty good amount of shots on goal. It. Yeah. Overall. I would I would say depending on who you're playing against. Uh, yeah. Usually, in this case if, specifically, yeah, not, yeah, right? usually, yeah. Usually, if you're in if it's an intense game, you know, back and forth, you might not expect that many shots on goal. However, in general, four shots on goal for ninety minutes, that's it's tough. I would say you're looking for close to like seven or eight shots. Hopefully, I mean right. that's that's what you're going for. But at the same time, it just you know depending on who you're playing against, so it mm-hmm. just depends on the situation. Well, what can you tell us about the women's soccer team? Yeah, the women's team had a better weekend. Uh, they played against LMU, who uh, after this weekend is now 0 and 19. They are so bad. I'm sorry. The the women's our <laughs> women's bad. team beat them one to zero again. So very very good weekend for them. You know one zero. Anytime you win, any wins a good win. Honestly, at this level on the stage. Yeah. And um, credit to Hannah Hale for making yeah, that goal. Made the goal. Made the goal, and that one in the game, of course, game winning goal. Um, is that it was their 12th shutout this season, which actually sets a new team record from 2005, as well as they, as well as including team records, they of course increased a team record of total wins in a season to 15 now. So very high, very high win total, and that, that actually includes uh, increases expectations for them coming up for next season. Definitely season for the record books, that's for sure. Hopefully, new literally. new recruits yeah, coming literally. in are very more true. excited to yeah. come into the women's soccer program as well. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now, going on to the men's and women's rowing, uh, they both had the uh, head of the lake in Seattle. Um, they both actually placed uh, the sorry, their top two teams both placed sec- sorry third in the head of the lake head of the lake in Seattle, with University of Washington placing first in both of those lead races, as they call them. Uh, the men's team themselves, they had only they did two they did two races. Uh, their their third team, which is third varsity eight, uh, finished fifth in their own race, with of course. You, uh, University of Washington winning that race as well. So men's team, you know, had a little rougher weekend. However, the women's team, out of their three races, they won two of the races. So overall, they also had a very productive weekend. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Congratulations to the rowing team. Absolutely. And we'll see them back in action in the spring, I believe. Yeah, so the women's team, uh, they're back in action in the spring. The men's team is actually going to be back in action next week in San Diego. Okay. Sweet. And we'll yeah. be cheering them on. We'll be rooting Absolutely. them on. Absolutely. Moving on to women's volleyball. Uh, the Zags had two two games this past week, both against ranked WCC opponents. So definitely 
a tougher schedule for, for them. Uh, on Thursday, they played BYU. Uh, they lost three sets to zero. By the way, BYU is number six in the country. So definitely it was a tough task coming in for GU. Um, but Zoe Thyros led the team with nine kills and nine digs. Uh, McKenna Marshall and, and Thyros also had a one service ace, service ace each. Even though they lost 3-0, though, they did put up a fight in the second and third sets. They also increased their point total each set. It was 9-25, 19-25, and 21-25. They got, they got progressively better each set. It just obviously BYU, I think, just had too much talent. And it was just, uh, in the end, it was just too much for them to overcome. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, BYU's they got girls. They got girls. They got, and, yeah. they got yeah, girls. And they showed why they're the number six team in the nation, and they just pro- proved their dominance as well as San Diego. Uh, pretty good news that the woman got one set out of the whole entire game against San Diego. Um, so we got to be proud about that. But, you know, uh, the Gonzaga women's volleyball team has been struggling throughout the season. They've been losing some – they've lost some players to injuries, and uh, some are just absent. So, you know. Yeah, and, and you, you quickly mentioned that they did play San Diego on Saturday. They lost three sets to one. They did play better this game, obviously, taking a set from, from the Toreros. Um, Kennedy Croft had 17 kills in that game, so definitely a step up from, from Thursday. Uh, K.U. Kamakaina had 38 assists and 12 digs for the Zags. And again, just like BYU, this game was pretty much back and forth. The Zags had opportunities in the first and third sets to sort of pull ahead and, and take that set from San Diego, but ultimately they fell short. So definitely, definitely not, not the results the team was hoping for. I believe they have one or two games left in the season. Um, these are also Coach Diane Nelson's last two games that she announced she was resigning at the end of the year. So obviously we wish her the best in all her future endeavors, and we thank her for her time absolutely. as she served at Gonzaga. But, yeah, no, hopefully they can close out on a, on a high note. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but moving forward, uh, what, do you, what does the cross-country team have, Bobby? Yeah, so for the men's and women's cross-country teams, they both have the NCAA West Regional Championships coming up this Friday. November 12th in Sacramento, California. The men's will be a 10K race, and the women's will be a 6K race. Now, for those who don't know, just very quick how, how the sort of championship works. The top two placing teams from each regional championship will advance to the national championship, and there are nine regions, so there will be 18 automatic qualifiers. Then the NCAA cross-country subcommittee will choose 13, at-large, 13 teams excuse me, for an at-large bid making the total playoff pool 31 teams. Uh, one, team, one, one player to look out for, one runner to look out, out for for Gonzaga will be James Mora. He's definitely impressed throughout the entire season, and, should, and I fully expect him to show out again and place among the top runners. And he got second place last week in the AK. So he did, yeah, so hopefully, he can, very impressive hopefully he can build off that momentum. Let's keep it up. For women's tennis, uh, the Gonzaga Invitational was this last weekend. Um, for tennis, is split up in three days. The first day, they all players went eleven and zero. Very impressive. In singles and doubles. Very impressive. In the first round, graduate Fre- Frederic Severe mm. uh, and freshman Carolyn Wernell beat Idaho seven five. Sophomore Tegan Aitken and sophomore Kiana Oda defeated Portland seven six. And in the blue bracket, Kate Browerman and Adriana Sonowska had a bye. In the second round, Savari and Worldney took on the one seed Washington. And beat them six to four. Aitken and Oda took on Montana, beating them six to one. Kate Browerman and senior Adriana Sanowski defeated Montana, winning six to two. For singles, Tegan won against against a player from Montana. Carolyn won against a player from Idaho. Adriana won against a player from Montana. Kate won against a player from Idaho State. Frederic Severe won against a ta- uh, player from Montana State. And Kiana Oda 
one against a player from Portland. And day two of the Gonzaga Invitational, uh, this was only singles. Carolyn won in the second round. Keegan lost. Adriana Sanowska won. Kate Brorman won. Kiana Oda played a match that almost lasted three hours. Damn. But she won that one. Good for her. Pulled that on the end. Yeah. In the semifinals, Kate Broerman won. Adriana Sanowska lost. Kiana Oda won. And Carolyn Worlney lost. Day three of the Gonzaga Invitational. In the semifinals for doubles, Kate Broerman and Adriana Sanowski won 6-0. Carolyn Worlney and Frederic Severe moved on to the bracket final due to a walkover. Tegan Aiken and Kiana Oda lost 6-3. For the finals and doubles, Broerman and Sanowska defeated Tara Chilton and Hikaru Sato of Washington 6-1, and they won the finals. They won the championship. Congratulations, Congratulations ladies. Congratulations to Kate Representing and Gonzaga awesomely. And you guys did amazing. Good awesomely. job. <laughs> there we got him. Uh, Savari and Worldney, unfortunately, yeah. lost in the finals to a duo from Washington. Still a great effort from them, okay. though. Amazing effort. Absolutely. In singles, Kiana Oda competed with Zoe Wheel of Washington in the purple finals, but fell 6-3 and 7-6. And Catherine Broerman fell to Eva Selig of Portland 6-1 and 3-6. and three to six. Iva was a number one seed, so she was a tough opponent, but Kate's, Kate... And Kiana both respectfully put up a great performance. Congratulations to the Thames tennis team. A very successful weekend, at the yeah. least. And uh, this concludes their fall season, so they won't play again till the spring. I believe January is they come back in January. Yeah. Yes, yes. And a lot of exciting news. Yeah. Um, Kate, the duo of Kate and Adriana won the championship, so they're a great duo. Kate is also one of the best singles players, so she's going to look to perform very well during the season, as well as Kiana. So... Great players, lots of lots of youth. There's not a ton of seniors on this mm-hmm. team, so lots to come for the women's tennis team. Yeah, and they also have a great coach in Sophie as well. Absolutely, amazing so. assistant coach in Absolutely. Sophie Woodle. Absolutely. Um, so with that, that's the Gonzaga sports recaps and previews, and I want to thank you for your time. Thanks. Thanks, guys.